Welcome back, welcome back. You know what time it is. The Fan in the Van podcast time. Woo! What an amazing weekend for sports. Oh my God. Uh, what an amazing Game 7s yesterday. Uh, Luka Donkage has proven that he is one of the most elite in basketball history. Um, you know, it's... It, the, the fact that... You know, people say that he carried a garbage truck type of team to the Western Conference Finals, and now you got to go up against Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, Jordan Poole, who I think is a little bit of a dirty player for his incident with John Morant. But regardless of the fact, uh, I was telling Jay before he dropped me off at work that uh, Atlanta's got to be kicking themselves in the ass and balls right now. Because the fact that, if anybody remembers that draft, which I think was like 18, I believe it was. And it was Trey Young drafted by the by the Dallas Mavericks. And Atlanta trade, drafts uh, Luka Doncic. And then they trade each other, with each other to get, you know, the swap. Uh, still trying to wake up here. Uh, to try to swap them over. You know, it could be it could be Atlanta right now in the Eastern Conference Finals, and Dallas would just be a team who's probably in NBA irrelevancy. But regardless to that fact, we got to get into the NHL. Um, I, you know, I feel bad for my buddies at 1420 Sports because it seems that they are Maple Leafs fans, and it's, well, like five years in a row or something like that now where they lose Game 7s in the first round. Um, and I've seen questions asked, what does Toronto need to do? I really don't know at this point. I really don't watch a lot of Maple Leaf hockey. I mean, because they play in Canada, and the only times I ever see them play is if they play the Islanders or the Devils or the Sabres or the Rangers. So for those who watch Toronto a lot more, you would have the answers to that. I don't. Uh, but now you got the battle of Alberta with uh, Calgary versus Edmonton. So that should be a good one for Canadian hockey fans up in Canada. Um, the Rangers do the improbable. The improbable. You know, they go down 3-1. Okay. Penguins fans, this is done. Even I thought it was done, to be honest with you, as, as a diehard Ranger fan. And lo and behold, the Rangers somehow find it to... They find some spark to just to keep going. And listen... Right now, and I know it's early to say it, but this team, to me, has a 94 feel. And part of it is the the regular season emergence of Chris Kreider. You know, 50-plus goals. And I think part of it was bringing Ryan Reeves in, to be honest with you. Ryan Reeves, again, it brings some sort of spark that this Ranger team hasn't had for some time now. Uh, now they got to go on and face Carolina, which is no easy feat. It's no easy feat at all. But if the Rangers want to get this done quick, you have to, without a doubt, dominate games one and two. Actually, you got to dominate all of them. And hopefully you could put this to bed within five. Because if you go another seven, then you're talking about going to the Eastern Conference Final in the NHL. And whoever you play there, it ain't going to be an easy feat either. So... Uh, we do have interesting second round games in hockey for sure. Uh, you have 
obviously, you know, Miami going to the Eastern Conference Finals in the NBA and Boston going to the Eastern Conference Finals now. And listen, <clears throat> Miami ain't no knockaround team, you know, where you could just think you're going to play them and win it in four. And I seen something after the Sixers loss and Jimmy Butler came out and he kind of, he took a shot at him a little bit. He goes, he goes, you didn't want me no more. Could you sign Tobias Harris? He goes, that guy? He goes, I'm better than that guy. Um, so it makes you wonder, did, did Philly make the mistake in getting rid of Jimmy Butler? Because look at what he's done in Miami. I mean, yeah, he's got a, he's got a good supporting cast with Tyler Hero coming off the bench and, you know, a whole lot of other key guys. So you can't really, you can't really sit here and, and knock Miami and think that they're going to be some easy, um, you, you know, they're going to be some easy out here. Uh, obviously the Yankees win another series. They lost Saturday three to two. Uh, you know, Montgomery didn't have his best stuff Saturday, but they were in it at least. But the issue comes to play again is not hitting with runners in scoring position and a bonehead play by, I can't even say the kid's name, the guy we got from the twins to play shortstop, but I'll tell you something though. The kid owned up to it. And before the game yesterday, like an hour or two before their pregame warm-ups, he was already out there. He was already out there working on his mistakes. So, I, you know, a lot of these guys will own up to their mistake, but you don't see them try to correct it. And this kid went out and did it. So, you know, I give him, I, you know, I give him kudos for that, at least. Uh, you know, and again, Nestor, Nestor takes the hill, and Nestor gets the win again. I mean... And, and the questions I've seen on Twitter is, do you pull him here? Do you take him out here? Do you let him go the whole game? Um, if you heard his comments after his bid for the no-hitter, going into the eighth, he said he felt like he got hit by a truck. So what it's telling you is, is that he is, a, he is getting to that point where you can push him further, but not yet. I would give it another game or two before we start talking about letting Nesta Cortez pitch complete games. But right now, the fact that the Yankees... Well, at least before the stats update today, at least, that they still got four pitchers under a three ERA. And who would have thought that out of all of them, that Nesta Cortez would be the one with the best ERA? You would figure it'd be Garrett Cole, right? Nope. It's nasty Nesta Cortez. Um, the Mets lose one yesterday. They think they lost to the Mariners Saturday, Friday. So I it's the first series that they've lost. You know, which was bound to happen. Listen. Neither the Mets or the Yankees are going to win every single series they play. It's it's just bound to happen, and you know you just gotta you gotta roll with the punches at this point. I mean, look at a roll this Chapman. People are bashing him for for Saturday's performance. You know, and again, these guys aren't going to be perfect every time they go to the mound. You know, they're going to get roughed up. They're going to get, they're going to get knocked around. They're going to just get, you know, sometimes Aroldis Chapman, Lewisica, or even for the Mets, sometimes Scherzer or, or Edwin Diaz, they're not going to have their best stuff from, from time to time. And yeah, we're going to sit there and we'll bash it, but, you know, at the end of the day, it, it's, just, it's just the nature of the business. You know, it's the nature of Major League Baseball when it comes to pitching. Sometimes you have it and sometimes you don't, and it just, it's just something that you got to deal with. Uh, you know, shocking thing, though, coming out of the NFL. And I don't understand why you would do this. But 
you know, obviously Drew Brees went to NBC to be a sports analyst for a year. I guess it wasn't for him. And he decided to walk away. And now Mullen coming out of retirement to play again. And immediately I see Steeler fans on Twitter. Bring him in to mentor Kenny Pickett. And a lot of Steeler fans are saying that they're for it. If you're going to bring anybody back out of retirement, why don't you bring back the guy who's been there for 18 years in Ben Roethlisberger? Why would you bring in Drew Brees to do it? That would be that would be the ultimate slap in the face to Ben if they were like, listen, you know, we're going to bring Drew Brees in, you know, to mentor Kenny Pickett. Even though you've been here for 18 years, Drew Brees don't know the system, but we're going to have Drew Brees mentor this kid. If it were me, I would just have the guy who's been there for 18 years know the Steeler system, the Steeler way, and the Steeler standard. I would just have him come back if he wanted to, and that would be the key. Is that Ben would want it would want to come out of retirement? I don't think Ben does. I don't think Ben should come out of retirement. Just like I don't think Drew Brees should come out of retirement. You know, I get the Saints went and you know, listen, you know, they signed Jarvis Landry. They go and get Honey Badger, for, you know, for the secondary. You know, they they, they drafted Chris Olave. You know, they you know they're gonna have Michael Thomas coming back from his ankle injury. You know, I think they're they're set. And honestly, in New Orleans, I don't think Drew Brees would come back without Sean Payton being the head coach. So if he comes back to play, where does Drew Brees go? There's really nowhere. I could think, even though people could sit there and say there's three teams that Drew Brees would benefit the most, but where? Who? <coughs> you know, that that you know, that's the thing I'm trying to I'm trying to wonder here. Who would the three teams be? Because, it, it, I mean, you could sit there and say maybe the Giants because he can mentor da- Daniel Jones. But does Drew Brees need to come back to mentor somebody? No. Drew Brees could show up as a, like a special advocate or, you know, uh, a scouting coach or, or something. Like the Saints could hire him in, in some way, shape, or form to where he's like a coach. And, and help Jameis Winston, or, you know, Pittsburgh could do the same thing with Ben Roethlisberger. Even if he's not truly done with the game, he could come back in a coaching aspect. You know, like how the Yankees do at spring training. You know, they bring A-Rod in, they bring Pettit in, they bring Reggie Jackson in, you know, to be like a special coordinator or a hitting instructor, or, you know, in some capacity. But I don't think Drew Brees needs to come back to prove anything at this point. You know, just like Ben doesn't need to. And just like if Brady stayed retired, I don't think Brady I don't think Brady really needs to come back either. But Brady chose to, and I don't know why talking about unfinished business. Un- unfinished business, my ass. You just want to pad your stats more, and that's that. But another interesting thing I've seen for everybody who sits there and you know, and they listen and they know my my distaste for LeBron James in the GOAT debate. There was something somebody posted the first three years in their career, and it's not Michael Jordan. It's LeBron up against Larry Bird, the hick from French Lick. Okay? So, as I do always in my due diligence, I found their three-year stats, and, and this is for three stats, of the three-year stats, obviously, and it goes based on points, rebounds, assists, steals, blocks, field goal percentage, free throw position uh, percentage. Larry Bird beats LeBron in all of them, and they're tied for steals. 
Okay. So, you know, obviously it shows here LeBron's 27 points to, Le- to Larry Bird's 28. You know, rebounds, he's got him by almost two rebounds, 10 to, 10 to 8. Assists, he's got him 7 to, seven to 6. About two steals a game, about a block a game. You know, field goal percentage, he's got him by almost 2%, 52 to 50. And then free throw percentage, he's got him at a good 18%. So, for everybody who sits there and says, you know, you know that LeBron should be in the GOAT discussion, no. Because a bland white guy who, you know, played in one of the toughest eras of the, of the NBA had a better first three-year career than LeBron did. I mean, and it doesn't matter based on color of skin. It's all about talent at the end of the day. And you could sit there and say, well, you know, Larry Bird, all he did was shoot threes. Now, Larry Bird was one hell of a basketball player. And for, you, and for some of you that think different, you should go back and watch some old Boston Celtics basketball games and just see what it is that Larry Bird was. Um, and, you know, Larry Bird was another guy. Listen, he didn't go off to play with you know, inform super teams with anybody like LeBron did. So, you know, and, and again, this isn't a knock on LeBron, but, you know, now LeBron's job in, in L.A. is in jeopardy because Phil Jackson came out, and Phil Jackson's been saying what we've all been saying, that LeBron is uncoachable, that he, in essence, LeBron wants to control it all, and that LeBron needs to be traded from L.A., so if that were to happen in the hypothetical world, where does LeBron go? Who trades for him? I mean, any team's willing to trade for him. But at this point, if you're a team like the Knicks, are you going to throw away half your future to bring in a guy who's 37, who, yeah, can still play at, at, a, at a level that not many can play at? Just for a chance of winning a championship? And if you were to do that, who do you then put around him? Because let's be honest, we've all said it. It was one thing you brought in Anthony Davis and LeBron because that could co- that they could coexist. But you brought in Russell Westbrook, who's had a history of not coexisting with anybody. I mean, look at the downfall in Oklahoma as a prime example. Look at, you know, look at what happened in Houston with him and Harden. You know, now look at what's going on in L.A. I mean... If you mean to tell me, if, you, if you're a Lakers fan and you listen, you mean to tell me you're going to go for another year of, of Laker basketball with those three? Or are, you willing to have, or are you willing to go through a two, three-year rebuild and let Magic Johnson, Phil Jackson, and, and the GM and Jeannie Buss rebuild this team from the ground up? If I were a Laker fan, I'd be for it. I would, I would have to be for that. You know, what more, what, what more can LeBron, AD, and Russell Westbrook get you unless the three of them are willing to sit in a room and be like, listen, we don't want to get traded. What are we going to do to fix this? And I don't think there is any fixing because you have three, three separate egos trying to coexist that can't coexist. You have a guy who can't be coached. You have a guy with all the talent in the world in Anthony Davis who can't stay healthy. And then you have Russell Westbrook who thinks he's the end-all, be-all. Okay? So, why, why would the three of them, why, why, why would the three of them even want to stay in L.A. if they can't coexist? 
Two of them could coexist together. The three of them can't. And that's where I think the Lakers messed up is by bringing in Russell Westbrook. You know, it looked all well and good. It's like, oh, okay, you know, you, you, okay, yeah, we could get Russell Westbrook and we're, we're automatically a championship team. Yeah, well, look what happened. You were, you were barely a, a playing team. All right? It, it, it's just facts. It's just brutal honesty. And if you're a Lakers fan that can't accept it, then, you know, you can't accept it. You know, and listen, it's the same thing in Brooklyn. You know, maybe Kyrie and KD can't really coexist, and maybe that's why they fell short against Boston. <clears throat> Who knows? You know, but again, a lot of these teams, they, they got questions to answer. You know, Brooklyn, you know, the Knicks. Where do the Knicks go? Is Thibodeau really the coach to bring, the, to bring this Knicks team, you know, to a championship? You know, who do they re-sign, you know, when, when the offseason starts? What key free agents do they go out and get? Do they make a blockbuster trade? You know, you know who do they draft? You know, again, the, the Knicks are a team that one year, they're this team that fights with grit. And then the next year, Julius Randle forgot how to play basketball. And maybe part of that is that Julius Randle doesn't want to live up to the mantra of being the savior of New York. And honestly, Julius Randle was never the savior of New York. That wouldn't have been one of the key free agent guys I would have went out and got and then give him a max extension after having one good year in New York. Oh, he helped bring New York to the NBA playoffs. Oh, okay, let's give him a, you know, let's give him a, you know, a shit ton of money. No, 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 no. Um, you know, but, you know, as the NBA playoffs do go on, though, like I was talking with Average Joe Sports yesterday on Twitter, and, you know, we both agreed the Boston Heat series will probably go seven, but somehow Boston edges it out, and I thought it would be Boston versus the Suns, but thanks to Devin Booker not showing up and the rest of the Phoenix Suns, you put the kibosh on that. But if you were to get a Celtics-Warriors-NBA Finals, Tatum versus Curry, as good as Golden State is, Boston's just got too many... They've got too many weapons on that team that I don't know if... Listen, again, it'll go seven. I just don't think Golden State could edge it out and win. But then again, who knows? You know, Steph Curry finds this other level that not many people can force themselves to play at. And it's a very rare thing for, for a lot of these athletes to do nowadays that maybe Golden State could edge it out. But if I had to pick now, listen, it's Boston and seven in the NBA Finals. And I hate the fact that a Boston team will win a championship again. But, you know, honestly, that's my pick of who I got to go with. You know, I'll let, listen, Miami could knock Boston out in five or six. Who knows? But for now, it'll be Boston, Golden State, and Boston and Boston wins it all. So that's my NBA Finals pick. Uh, <laughs> you know, as far as hockey, listen, it's kind of tough to gauge. I mean, obviously, I want to see the Rangers go all the way. Um, so, you know what? I, I think the Rangers could. I think the Rangers could do it. I think they can go all the way. You know, you, you know, a lot of people told me, like, you know, you blasted the goaltending and said that Shesterkin or Georgiev are legitimate starters. This season, 
I have to be honest, has proven that Shostorkin could be the starter for the future. You know, the fact that he's up for the Hart Trophy, you know, he's up for the uh, Vezina Trophy, and the fact that even though he had two shitty performances against against the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins, the fact that he kept them in that game yesterday, I mean, the one goal shouldn't have counted where I forget who it was, kicks it up and swats it in. And you're allowed to you're allowed to do part of that as long as the stick isn't too high. This one was like up at Shesterkin's helmet and they count as a goal. That's the other thing. This NHL officiating is just atrocious in all these series. Um, it's the same thing in the NBA, to be honest with you. But again, what league doesn't have official issues? Because they all do. NFL being the worst of them and Major League Baseball is right behind it. And then the NBA is in third, and the NHL is the fourth worst. Uh, so, I mean, I don't, I don't know how they correct it. But, I mean, even sometimes in replay, you can't get it right. So, I don't know, something that all, all four sports are going to have to address in the offseason as far as, you know, h- how can they improve officiating? Because that seems to be the biggest, the, you know, the biggest problem with the NBA, NHL, MLB, and the NFL. Um, I also read, speaking of the NFL, I read somewhere where if Deshaun Watson is suspended, it won't happen until like 2024, which to me is a crock of shit. Because if it doesn't happen this year, let's be honest, it ain't fucking happening. It's not fucking happening. That's it. It's not going to happen. Um, you know, but with all that being said, even though it was an interesting uh, weekend of sports, you know, we got a lot to look forward to this week. I mean, you got obviously Boston, Miami, Golden State, Dallas, which should be good. You know, Dallas is kind of always giving Golden State the fits, especially Luka. Um, you know, you got any, you know, you got all the NHL playoff games. Yankees are playing every day this week. I don't know who the Mets are playing this week. Uh, I haven't really looked, but uh I'm going to head out for now. I got I got some stuff to take care of here at work, but I figured I'd pop on real quick. So, you know, to all those that follow, retweet again. Uh, obviously, my buddies at 1420 Sports, Average Joe's Sports Podcast, and everybody else, including Nate's Daily Wagers. Um, thank you, as always. And to everybody else who follows, listens, you know, it's much appreciated. So until the next one, stay safe. And as always, peace.